member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The fucking sun sucks. I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. And Rich Crage. It's the dumbest show. I cannot believe it. These people pay, some people pay us $10 to listen to the show live. This is what we give them we, for 45 we minutes. Been doing this for 10 years. Why? Ever bigger than ever. More people listen to us than ever. Than ever. Why? And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Weird week. We got an abbreviated show. We're starting at 6 p.m. Up is down. Down is up. Forbidden Door's cursed. Another injury. Man, what's going on, Joe? Well, that's the breaking news. Literally, as we were starting this show, like the very second we were starting this live show here on a Thursday night, uh, the news broke to Tomohiro Ishii, who was... Uh, conspicuously absent on Dynamite when they had uh, the four members. Well, they had Pac come out to uh, get face-to-face with Malachi Black, and then they had Miro come on the big screen, but there was no sign of Tomohiro Ishii on Dynamite. And I guess now we know why. He has a knee injury. Clark Connors, who Ishii defeated in the uh, New Japan portion of the All-Atlantic Tournament, is now in the four-way on the pay-per-view. So just add Tomohiro Ishii to the pile of injuries of uh, people missing this curse. <laughs> at this point, I think we can now, uh, you know, we'll, we'll break down the card. We'll, we'll preview it as, you know, extensively. That'll be the, the bulk of this show. We'll be previewing it. But uh, I think we can now officially say that something is, cur- the show's cursed, right? I think we can officially go on that presumption. I mean, the body count say, uh, on this show is, I would be scared to wrestle on this show for God's sakes. A large confluence of, disastrous events have led us to this place um i've got complicated thoughts on the show and i talked a little bit about it on the thursday tv reviews and we will talk about the show and dig deep on it here but first rich i think you need to get everybody up to speed why we're doing this mysterious early and abbreviated edition of the flagship and um and also get them up to speed that there will be an overrun following this flagship, not the, the usual live overrun. So if you're listening live, uh, do not stick around after the show is over. You're not getting that. You'll be very lonely. Live. You'll be very lonely and you will not get much audio. That's all I'll tell you. So uh, there, there will be an overrun hitting all of the topics that uh, we don't have time to do on this abbreviated version of the flagship. Those include a full breakdown of the G1 blocks, a review of the All Japan OTA uh, City Gym Show uh, with the big Triple Crown title change. Jake Lee is the new Triple Crown champion. Uh, Rich, did you happen to see that match? Or I did not. Yeah, it's it's on my list. How 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 quickly? You know, before you don't have to spoil too much, but worth worth checking out, worth watching. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Possibly bigger news. There's a new All Japan Junior Champion, and his his name is Tiger Mask. Oh that? shit! Hell yeah! All right, all right. That match actually not rocks. tigers. It's not tigers mask, right? It's Tiger Mask, sir. Tiger Mask the Fourth of New Japan. Okay, game. okay. I, was, um, I, I and, got excited about Tiger's Mask uh, 
I'm not that excited about that. Actually, I'm not excited about the other Tiger Mask either. Why am I acting like I'm excited? I don't really like either of them. But Hey, Yuji Nagata was there too. They were excited. Um, so a lot going on in All Japan. I review that whole uh, show. And then I also review the AAA Triple Mania Tijuana on the uh, on the overrun. Um, I <laughs> Well, just to pull the curtain back, uh, that's 90 minutes of additional content. You know how I know that? It's in the can already. <laughs> right. so, I, I, uh, great guess. Yeah, you are, you are as people, as, as the Deep Pro nerds like to say, you're very good at guessing uh, to get mm. things right. And yeah, you have nailed yet another guess, getting the exact runtime uh, yeah. of this future overrun, uh, nail, yeah. knowing every single topic that you're going to cover, uh, and nailing the runtime is, is pretty impressive, Joe. So I have, to, I have to get up for you once again for your prognostications that you continue to, to just nail. So those three topics uh, will be covered, but you're going to have to be a $5 subscriber to catch those on the overrun. Now, Rich, explain to people why we have a need for that overrun and an abbreviated show. Yes. So obviously, I uh, if you do not know, I well, I, nobody knows this. Joe knows this, but uh, I am leaving for South Carolina later tonight. So I need to do this show. Get, I, I worked today. I came home. I'm doing the show. I don't skip a flagship. Are you kidding? I'm not skipping a flagship. I don't skip a flagship if I'm in Alaska. If I'm in the area, I'm doing a flagship. So I, I come home from work, do this show for you right now. Obviously, bumped it up about an hour uh, from our original runtime or our normal runtime because I need extra sleep uh, because I'm going to then fall asleep for a couple of hours, four or five hours, hopefully, wake up and then drive the 13 to 14 hours to South Carolina. But uh, that also, if you're wondering, well, wait a minute, that's during Forbidden Door, and Forbidden Door is in your city, Rich. What are you doing? Yes, uh, the confluence of uh, another cursed thing is me having things come up when big-time major shows are happening. This one in particular is pretty awesome uh, in terms of just how it all came together and how ridiculous it all is. Now it's a meme, and now it's a joke, and now it's funny, and, and now I kind of laugh at this. Like, before, you know, you'd be like, I can't believe you're on vacation during WrestleMania weekend, or, oh, you're on vacation during SummerSlam, or, oh, you're on vacation, you know, and then there's there's always something going on, so everyone's like, oh, it's Slammiversary, it's Bound for Glory weekend, you can't be on vacation for Bound for Glory weekend, it's like, shut up, get out of here. You know, I, WrestleMania weekend, that's pretty egregious, I get that. Uh, this one is pretty egregious, too, Forbidden Door happening literally, you know, 30 minutes from my house, a confluence of just an incredible show of, you know, New Japan and AEW talent coming together. Not before I knew the card, all that sort of stuff, you know, knowing that I couldn't go uh, definitely gave me some massive FOMO. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it when we preview the show. Man. I'm not feeling as bad about doing it. But essentially what happened is I'm too nice and I opened my stupid, big, dumb mouth uh, because the nurse is on her computer scrolling uh, various airlines trying to find a flight to South Carolina. She is not finding very good prices on these flights. As you, Joe, might know, and as people might know, that airline tickets are very expensive right now. And so she's looking at these flights, and they're ridiculous. They're, they're insane numbers. We're talking, you know, $800 per ticket, $900 per ticket to go to South Carolina. It's like a two-hour flight. And then the flight times are like 11 hours, 12 hours, all these sort of things. Because, oh, you're going to have to fly to Detroit and do a six-hour layover, and then you'll go to South And it's like, oh, my God, you're just going to South Carolina. It's like it should be a two-hour flight. It should be an hour and a half flight. Like, what are we doing here? No, if and and you know she's saying, man, these prices, these tickets are like eight hundred dollars. I'm going to be on the plane for eleven hours and all this sort of stuff. And, and I said, well, you know, I could, maybe I can drive you. You know, we'll see. And I said, when is it? And and she goes, oh, you'll you'll drive me. Like and and I should have should have been careful to to get the weekend first before I said. It. I said, well, when end of June? And she goes, okay, end of June. I said, oh yeah, I think I'm I'm mostly free the end of June. Um, so she goes, okay, cool. Well, then she closes her laptop and says, cool, you'll drive me to South Carolina. We're going on, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave on the 24th or the 23rd or whatever, and then we'll come back on the 28th. And I go, hmm, something's going on that weekend, but I can't, I can't figure out what it is exactly. 
Come to find out, it's Forbidden Door. And then I'm trying to pull this back. And I'm saying, well, you know, you know, drive, uh, you know, uh, 14 hours and uh, $900 is not that bad. And she could see right through me. She, I'm not a good liar. I'm too nice. I open my big dumb mouth. So I'm like, ah, you know, it's not bad. I mean, you'll get there in 11 hours. It's not, you know, Detroit's a lovely town this time of year. Like, I think you'll be able to find something to do for five hours in the Detroit airport. She's seeing right through it. She goes, what? Why? Why will you not drive me anymore when you just said you would drive me? And I said, well, there's this show. It's called Forbidden Door, and it's, it's coming. And then she goes, fine. I'll, I'll find a ticket. I'll do whatever. And then I slept on it, thought about it, and I'm like, look, it, it, it'd be egregious. It'd be financially unwise to have the nurse go spend a thousand dollars on a plane ticket uh five hundred dollars on a rental car all this sort of stuff to go to south carolina uh to go do some stuff um with her family and stuff so i decided you know what fine i will bite the bullet i will miss forbidden door live and i will go to south carolina with you but don't fear because i have moved heaven and earth to make sure that we will still get an instant reaction because i'm going to be in south carolina and there is a member of the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network family that is also in South Carolina. It is one Iron Mike Spears. So not only is Mike Spears going to be the third chair, but me and Mike will be live in the same room doing Interaction Live this Sunday following AEW New Japan Forbidden Door. Because I'm going to his house to watch the show. We'll record it from his studio. So Interaction Live will happen. We will do it as normal. I'm going to enjoy my beach time in between that. But then we are doing Forbidden Door. So I'm missing it live, which sucks. Uh, we had a VOW suite. We had good things going on. That's all right. I'm missing it. But I will be able to hang out with Iron Mike Spears, his dog Pudge, and we'll be able to do Instant Reaction Live. So it all works out in the end. I'm the one who, who suffers. The rest of you just get the same normal content. And I guess two hours less of the flagship this week. How far from where you are is Iron Mike Spears? Well, that's, that's a bit of a – about two and a half hours. Oh, that's not bad. I could do that. I was thinking you were driving like four or five hours. No, 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 no. No, I think it's two and a half to three. So, um. That's, uh, you know, and then you got to come back. Though. It's, yeah, well, I will say, very gracious man, Iron Mike Spears says he's got the guest room ready for me. My plan is to drive back afterwards, but if I decide not to, Iron Mike Spears has graciously allowed me to stay in his guest room. So, that very, you know very what? nice from the co-host of Open the Voice Gate, former uh, co-host of Everything Elite, now has a newsletter as well. We'll plug it plenty uh, over the next uh, couple of days. But, uh, yeah, Iron Mike Spears doing us a solid, giving me a spot to watch for Bindor, giving me a spot to record for Bindor, uh, and also offering me a potential for a guest room. So, really the savior of this weekend, Iron Mike Spears. Why don't you sleep it off and drive back at, like, 6 a.m.? I, I might do that. Yeah, there's a good possibility I'll do that. Right, you'd be back where you need to be at, like, 8, 9. That's not bad. That's probably the right. smarter idea than what I my, my dumb plan of just, like... And you're an early riser anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because if you drive back after the instant reaction, you're talking, this is East Coast now, so East, Eastern time zone. So you're talking, what, 12, 1 o'clock, two-hour drive. You're going to be useless the next day anyway. Yeah, right, right. Just sleep there. You're smart. And you're that's, an early that's, riser. That's a smart way to do it, yeah. You'll be up by 6, 7, the latest, and then get out of there. The but anyway, but yeah, so because uh... it, it, it was tough. So what I did is initially I tried to uh, use our clout and I, uh, I, I messaged various uh, sports bars in the uh, Charleston, South Carolina area and said, hey, are you guys going to be watching Forbidden Door? Yeah. And all of them yeah. were like, no, <laughs> why would we be watching Forbidden Door? What is said, that? Yeah, they're like, yeah. what is that? And why would we show it? And I was like, well, uh, they're like, well, what benefit are you going to? Because then I was like, well, you guys can show it and I'll do my podcast from there. And they're like, but why? And I was like, well. 
Yeah, all right. But I, I, I'm thinking, hey, Charleston, a town with you know a rich wrestling history. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get Mike Mooneyham on the on the line. Him and I can. He could be a yeah. guest. He could be the third chair for the show. But uh, then I, I decided, ah, you know, I'll just go to Iron Mike Spears' house. So. Yeah, well, it'll uh, be an adventure for you. Yes. It'll be good for the listeners. They get a third voice. Uh, so a, a different set of opinions. And, uh, you know, it's all working out. It's, but... it's going to work out. For the listeners, it will definitely work out. I did want to uh, quickly plug uh, Mike's uh, uh, newsletter. I wanted to make sure I got the URL, uh, URL right. Uh, Spearsovations.ghost.io. You can also uh, follow him on Twitter at Fujiheya. Fuji with two eyes because it's Don Fuji. Hey, uh, uh, on Twitter as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll plug that throughout the week as well. But, yeah, did us a solid. But, hey, the listeners are going to get the same amount of content. They're going to get an instant reaction. I'm going to be watching it. We'll have a third chair. It's all going to work out in the end. So, you know what? I did. I wasn't able to go to the show, but I will say as the build is going on, and we'll talk about it here in a moment, uh, the crippling, you know, depression of not being there and it happening in my town and everybody descending on my town to watch this show uh, it's not quite there anymore. Like, yeah, would I like to go to Forbidden Door? Of course I would like to go for Forbidden Door. But uh, less of this absolute dread now that the build and we now have the full card. Um, it's okay. I, I I think I'm okay missing it now. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, very complicated opinions on this show. I think that... Here's how I phrased it on the TV reviews. If when the Forbidden Door show was announced... If I presented you with this card, there isn't a single person listening who would have been satisfied with that. They would have been like, there's no chance this is the card. Well, I will say one thing I think that's kind of interesting about this, and and my life cycle with this Forbidden Door show was, you know, initially, let's say seven months ago, someone says, hey, AEW and New Japan are going to do a joint show together. Um, My expectations for that card would be... Pretty decently high. I think maybe not as high as it would later become. But, but like, you know, if you told me, hey, they're going to do a show, they're going to do a joint show at some point in 2022, I'd say, okay, yeah, that'd be pretty good. You know, maybe I I could have some matches in my mind that I think would be pretty solid or whatever. Uh, I will say my expectations skyrocketed once the show was officially announced and it was announced in the United Center because that's a big boy building. That's an expensive building, a big time building. It's, it's the, I think, the largest basketball arena in the country as well. I mean, it's a big. So when that was announced, when it was going to be at the United Center, I'm thinking, okay, now my expectations are high. Now it's no longer going to be like, ah, you know, yeah, it'll be this, it'll be that, it'll be, you know, some six man, some multi mans or whatever. My expectations were, okay, now we have a real deal card here. And then when they announced, and, and, I guess full disclosure, we can we can bring this up now because it's obviously not relevant, but there was discussions that Punk and Okada was potentially going to be the highlight match of this show. And that is a huge match. You know, that is incredible, incredible, incredible match. So when that was announced, I was like, okay, well, look, who cares? I don't give a shit what else is on this card because we're going to get potentially a Punk and Okada. Later on, that evolved into Punk and Tanahashi, which again, I think is right there neck and neck with Punk and Okada. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't give a shit what else is on this card. That's fine for me. If it's Punk and Tanahashi, that's good enough for me. That sounds like fun. I'm into that. Whatever else is on the card, you know, it's kind of gravier. You know, yeah, I would like some other matches here and there, but my expectations are still pretty high because that's a great, great match. Once Punk goes, my expectations do kind of fall a little bit because now it does feel like we're just kind of piecemealing a lot of these things together. Right now, we're just kind of putting stuff together. So... I kind of ebbed and flowed. There was times where I had super, super high expectations. There were times where I had medium expectations. And I think this official, this card now as it stands is, 
I, I, complicated is probably the right way to say it. Do I think the show is going to be very good when it's done? Yes. Do I think I'm going to enjoy the show when it's over? Yes. Do I think this could have been better? Of course I do think this could have been better. Do I think that people are, are going overboard with criticizing it? Absolutely. Do I think people are wrong to be a little upset about it? No, I, I don't think they are. And and that's it's it's a very weird thing that they did here is they kind of set their own expectations here by going to the United Center, announcing these big matches, doing these sort of things. And for one reason or another, injuries and a bunch of other things, it's just ultimately like you're saying, if, if you gave me this card, if you said Forbidden Door is at the United Center and this is the date and here's the card and here's the card laid out right for you, I would say this is a disappointing card. I think ultimately I would say this is a disappointing card and that... That kind of sucks because there were points during this build where it did not feel like this was going to be a disappointing card. And ultimately, in the end, it just does kind of feel like, I don't know, it's, it'll be a good show. It will be a good show, but it's, I, I, I'm, left, I'm left definitely empty on it and, and definitely yeah. think that mo- much more could have been done and much more should have been done to make this show truly a one-of-a-kind dream show that we maybe all, right or wrong, I think right, you put in the United Center, it's a pretty big deal. We all probably expected, and I, I don't think we got that. I think people have reasonable expectations of more. Um, I, I I think that, but I agree with you that at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a great show. I'd be surprised if it isn't. And in a vacuum, the lineup on paper, uh, it just didn't meet the very reasonable expectations that people had that it was going to be a killer show. It, it was, and and to, to further my point, if I told you that we were going to have this Forbidden Door show, and I told you that, there was a caveat of no CM Punk, no Brian Danielson, no Kenny Omega, no Tetsuya Naito coming off an eye injury, no Tomohiro Ishii with a knee injury, no uh, Red Dragon because of Kyle O'Reilly, no Samoa Joe who's off making a movie. Go on and on and on. I go deeper than that into the mid mid card and undercard. And then I showed you this lineup. You'd still say it didn't meet your expectations because – even with all of those unfortunate uh, series of events that have handicapped this thing from a star power standpoint, with so many of these major stars not being there that we figured would be when this thing was announced or had a chance to be there, I still don't think uh, this is the best possible foot forward. Rich, you, I, or anyone listening could take this talent that's booked for the show and book a better show than this. And, and that's without even dipping into the rest of the New Japan and AEW roster that's not booked for the show, right? So um, even with the handicap of all those issues, and I am sympathetic to this enormous injury issue that has plagued this show. Um, I don't know what else has gotten in the way, whether it's the politics, which I'm sure has played a hand, or just the trickle-down effect, because I believe when they lost Punk and had to replace Punk with Moxley, well, now you have to replace whatever Moxley was going to do on the card, which we don't know. Then you got to replace that. Like, I believe that led to a domino effect. Right, right. Yeah, Moxley was probably going to be in something cool, and now he can't be in that because he's got to fill right. in for Tanahashi, which is fine. That's a good match. Tanahashi and, 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 and Moxley is going to be great. But, yeah, you miss, you now fucked with two potentially cool matches or whatever. Not and no, maybe, We don't know what Moxley did, even, yeah. And maybe even more, because it, I right. believe that could that caused the domino effect of everything falling apart. Then you remove Danielson, so now they're going to do this mystery opponent thing, and that better deliver. Oh, and I God. guess we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. And, you know, then, you know, Naito's not coming. Then, 
you know, who knows what kind of backdoor deal they had to do to convince Okada to show up because I, you know, that feels like it was an 11th hour thing and whether that was just an intentional tease uh, because Okada did tweet about a month and a half ago. He said how he said, we can't have a show like this without the rainmaker. Then it became, Oh, he wants to stay home with his wife. Then it became, you know, the coin droplet. So who knows? But the point is he's there. Um, but the card could have been better, and I don't know if it's politics. And here's the thing, Rich. I don't give a shit if it's yeah, politics. Yeah, it doesn't matter to us. It doesn't matter to you and me. It doesn't matter to the paying audience. It doesn't matter to the people buying tickets. It doesn't matter to the people buying pay-per-views. We don't have to say, ah, well, the politics, ah, you know, it is what it is. No, we don't. No, no. get in a room and figure it out. Figure it out. And that's the title of my Thursday TV reviews this week. Get in a room and figure it out. Sit down and make deals. And you know what? Both sides. And I don't know what's going on in that room. Maybe one side was, uh, you know, amicable to, to making sacrifices and the other one. I don't know. The point is, figure it out and make it work. Right. All we know and, is what the end result is. And the end result is yeah. a, a, a pretty ho-hum card. On paper, based on what our reasonable expectations were, which was all of the stars are going to be there and we're going to get some big-time matches. And if that were the case, we would have accepted some, some bullshit underneath. You know, people would have been fine with six man tags underneath if, you know, and I get the, and look, the injuries are real and a, a, a serious barrier, but even dealing with this pot of talent, better, a better job could have been done. Why can't you get in a room, Tony Khan and Gato, why can't they lock themselves in the room and say, you actually have more incentive when you're hit with all of these injuries to put your best foot forward and make something special happen. There's actually more incentive. With full rosters on both sides, you could have gotten away with two huge matches and bullshit underneath. This should have been a cause for emergency. Especially if they want to do these every year. You know, because you're, the consumer confidence now going into next year is, I don't know, look what happened last year. Yeah, this shouldn't, hopefully, and, 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 and this is, speaks to something we have talked about for as long as the show's been around, and it, it it's, it's never going to fully happen the way that we want to because there is that FOMO there is this you know desire to go to these shows and not miss out and do all that sort of stuff but like I do wonder how much it played into a fact that hey we already sold the tickets we sold the bitch out in in 30 seconds or whatever eh, you know what do we have to get in the room and sit down about this sort of stuff eh, you know I don't know again I don't know if that influence I don't think that they intentionally made this card bad because they sold all the tickets but yeah, no, their feet's not their feet aren't to the fire in that same sense and this is also this is in America where you're trying to sell a pay-per-view as well. So you're not, you got one bit of the business done. You got the, the United Center sold out in 30 seconds, people bought it or whatever. Now you got to get people to buy this thing on pay-per-view. This is in Japan where you could say, hey, ah, we sold out Corkin. Great. Cool. Give them whatever we want. You know, do whatever. Like, no, you got to also sell pay-per-view buys on the same show as well. And, and I don't know. Like, again, I don't know if the, this building being sold out made it less desirable to go out there and sit in that room and hash these things out. Or, or I don't know. I don't know exactly what that is, but it does speak to, you know, something that you always bring up about, you know, you, you give bookers, you, you give bookers an incentive not to give you the best shows when you go and buy the tickets immediately. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that's the case. Here. Uh, no, I, and I don't either. I, I don't want to say, it, but, but maybe again, not intent, but maybe less desire to, Oh my God, we got to deliver something sure. big here. You know, we got to yeah. get in the room. We got to figure out, it's got to be hangman wow. versus Okada. It's got to be this because we're still, you know, 8,000 tickets short of selling this thing out. And this building's expensive. Yada, yada, yada. You didn't have to have those conversations. Yes. It's easier at that point to get Gato in a room and say, we got to sell these tickets. Yeah. Look, we got 10,000 tickets. Yeah. We got to sell in a week. What do we want to do? Who's the biggest, what's the biggest match we can book? Let's do this right now. You know? Well, listen, I, I think if you got, 
Tony Khan in a room, privately, you him in the wall, he would tell you he's not happy with this card. I, I mean, I, I think it's just the end result of uh, a terrible series of events and then not being able to make deals. I, I, I mean, I, I would propose at some point when you're back against the wall, you just both sides need to accept that some of your stars need to lose. And yeah. you know what? They might not get their wins back. And you know what? Tough shit. Because it's for the greater good of giving the people the best show possible. Go into the room and pro- instead of this dopey eight-man tag, which I'm sure is going to be fun as hell, go in there and say, hey, you know what? If you give me Shingo and Hiromu to lose clean to the Bucks for the for the AW tag team titles, if you give me that, I'll give you Hangman and, and he could eat a Rainmaker center of the ring. Or whatever. Get in there and make make it work. Find a way to make it work. Maybe that maybe Gato turns around and says, That don't work for me, brother. All right, well then propose something else. But there's gotta be a way to make this work without cramming four of the biggest stars into a four way hmm. and then cramming a bunch of the other uh, biggest stars into a dopey eight man tag with Hikuleo. <laughs> yeah, right, I know. Okay, that match is so good way. and then it's Hikuleo. It's like, oh. I mean, no and that, nothing against Hikuleo. I just want to see the Bucks versus Shingo and Hiromu. I don't think that's 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 not right. that insane. Either of those teams could take a fall. It's the fucking Young Bucks. If you approach the Young Bucks and said, hey, will you lose to Shingo and Hiromu? I, they would say yes in well, five seconds. The problem is they're the champions. Right, so, and that's, I get that, but, you know, it's the Bucks. Other, Yeah, but here's the thing. You, you, you can't, Hiromu just lost in his match against Taiji Ishimori. And Shingo's fucking off with the king of pro wrestling thing. You can't tell me there's not a deal you can make where New Japan will accept them losing to the Bucks. And you know what? If I'm Tony Khan, and he may passionately disagree, I'm willing to sacrifice Hangman Page to Okada to get that done. Rich, if Hangman Page, who's coming off losing the title, uh, loses to... Kazuchika Okada. We had that. Really didn't, we had him? this conversation a couple weeks ago, right? Is that really gonna hurt him? Right. We we said I mean, like there's there's a certain guys on this card, and when when Hangman did lose the title, uh, I think you and I both said, okay, now that opens up for Bindor for them to do whatever because he can easily eat that fall. Then it's fine. Yes. Like you can tell it. You can tell that into the story. That actually works for the story of Hangman. Is like, hey, another big match. He didn't. You know, he lost. He's uneven. He's he's got recruit. yeah. He's got to improve. He lost his momentum. He's lost sight of stuff. You know, Punk got got to him. Now Okada got to him, or Tanahashi, or whoever it was going to be. Whatever that that individual star was, like that works for the story of Hangman. Like that actually does tell a better tale if Hangman goes out there and loses. And yeah, he loses absolutely nothing by losing to Okada, one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Like that's not yeah. that big of a deal. I think we can all agree that that'd be okay. That Hangman would be okay uh, after that if he loses. Hey, I gave a valiant effort. I gave it twenty five minutes. But Okada just beat me because he's just better and he's fucking Okada. But you know what? I saw stuff that I can do. I did, you know, yada yada. We had this conversation at double after double or nothing, saying this now opens him up for Forbidden Door, and the end result is he's one of four guys in a smash together, thrown together four final way. hour of dynamite four way IWGP World Heavyweight Title match, which I'm sure will be, uh, which I'm sure will be a great match. And we're talking about how good it is on Saturday, but it's not on paper. It's not doesn't meet the expectation. No. And I'm sure Tony Khan's looking at it as all right. Well, if Okada beats Hangman. And Jay White has to beat Adam Cole, and Will Ospreay has to beat Orange Cassidy. What am I getting out of this? I'm getting Moxley over Tanahashi, and I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm getting the Bucks over Hiromu and Shingo in this scenario that I'm laying out. But you know what? That's my point. 
at, at, at this stage of the game, swallow your pride and accept that the other side might win an extra match and do the right thing for the fans at that point. Put the pride aside. This isn't Japan uh, where yeah. there is a where there is a long history of joint shows being a bunch of tag team bullshit where they split it down the middle or the side with the higher ground has to have one extra win. This American fans they're not when you give they expect a true joint show with big time matches and winners and losers on both sides. And I'm sure the original card looked way different than this. Okay, I'm sure it did. And like I said, I, I'm positive. Look, Tony Khan's going to spin on his dopey little podcast with the girl ref. He's going to spin on the media call tomorrow and say this is because that's his job. But I'm telling you, if you got him private one on one and and it wasn't going to leave the room, he'd tell you he wasn't happy. With oh, there's no team. way that, that we know, you know, we know Tony Khan. Everybody listening to this kind of has an idea of what Tony Khan is and what he I mean. If he sat down on his little notebook, you know, at, at, on sideline at the Jaguars game and was, you know, picking a New Japan AEW dream card, it looks nothing like this card. You know, on, on that little notebook he's carrying while he's, no, while he's supposed to. I mean, it looks nothing like this. It looks nothing no. like this show. And we should bring up the fact that it was supposed to be Andrade and Osprey. That's another thing that which was, was not injury related, but politics related with CMLL being a pain in the ass. You know, it's about time New Japan tells those guys. Oh, I know. Up. Yeah, I hit mean, the bricks, guys. You're know, barely even a company anymore at this point. Like, it's CMLL, fan, is, you know, it's a fan, disaster at this point. Okay. I, You know, and I'm New Japan. I tell those guys, look, okay, we like the little Fantastamanica. Everyone likes that tour. Okay. It's good for us. It's good for you. But we have the high ground here. Okay. If you don't want to do business with us anymore, we'll bring Psycho Clown in for the Fantastic Mania. Okay. I mean, just put your foot down already. And put your foot down. People will come to Corkin. Okay. I guarantee you, people, I promise you, people will come to Corkin to see Ray Phoenix and Psycho Clown and, and Jalistico and go right down the line. And Laredo Kid. And you think that it, it might be better. <laughs> I was going to say, it keep be going on because it sounds a lot better than what we've we've gotten as of recent years. And Taurus yeah, and everybody yeah. else. Okay. Put your foot down with these guys. Okay, because now they're getting in the way here. Yeah, this this isn't least, worth Volador Jr. You know what I mean? This isn't worth low effort Volador Jr. Like, it's, hey, I it's like okay. Teton as much as the next guy, but come on. <laughs> right. You know, Stuka I'm Jr. Whatever, you know, Stuka Jr. It's okay. You know, it's jeez. So now you got that. You got all that bullshit wedging its way in too. But yeah, but like you, my feelings are complicated because in a vacuum, you know, the show it looks like it's going to be great. It's probably going to be great. And this might be where I give the controversial take. Uh, I'm still bullish on the paper. I think people are going to buy this pay-per-view. I think people are into the Moxley-Tanahashi match. I think anything else underneath is gravy. Okay, they got Okada, which I thought was important, even though we don't love the match. Rich, I don't see a scenario where was it Saturday night or it's Saturday night, right? It's you keep I, saying Saturday night. I believe it's Sunday, Sunday night because you then I was listening to you on the Thursday tier reviews, yeah. And then I'm like, shit, I've been telling everybody Sunday. <laughs> like, I don't know what night anything I'm is. I'm pretty sure it's Sunday, but you you had me because you kept saying Saturday, and I was like, there's yeah. no way he hasn't corrected himself. Like he he's definitely got to have this. No, it is on Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night. night. Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I'm I'm a moron <laughs> with these dates. I can't get this straight. So. Um, the point here is, I don't see a scenario. So you think you're gonna, you think you're gonna log on your little Twitter on Sunday night during Forbidden Door, 
and nobody's going to be talking about it because nobody's watching. Rich, people are going to watch this show. And they're going to watch this show just like they watch all the other AEW pay-per-views. And they're going to watch it using any means that they normally use. The people that pirate all the time are going to pirate this one. And the people who buy all the AEW pay-per-views are going to buy this one. People are not going to be left out of this show. Because, um, you know, look, would it have done better business if we got all of these wild dream matchups? Uh, yeah, probably. Course, yeah. But I don't, I don't think this show's going to bomb. I think there's still cur- a ton of curiosity in this show, even among the people who have been, uh, you know, shoveling dirt on it and having fun piling on and shitting on it and everything else. They are going to be just as fascinated to see this show as the people who are into it. So I don't think this show is going to bomb. And and I, I am I, I've said all along that I'm bullish on this show. I wanted to see the final uh, card. We have it now. And, uh, you know, the rating last night bounced right back so we could throw last week out. That was a total anomaly which everybody, you know, who was being fair about it realized in real time. Uh, the the segment last week, which spiked dramatically for Tanahashi and Moxley, shows me there's interest in that match. Haven't seen the quarter hours for this week yet. I think this pay-per-view is going to do reasonably well. I don't think it's going to bomb. I don't think this disappointing card is going to uh, matter in terms of uh, causing the show to bomb. And I think the pay-per-view is going to do well. And I think it's going to be a good pay-per-view. And, um, you know, I think the reviews are going to be strong because I, I, I don't see many scenarios where the show won't be good. Uh, it's just a disappointing lineup in, in, in the context of what we thought we were going to get. Right. There's but, just so much talent on both rosters to end up with this. It, it's it, it, it's And it just feels like, yeah, it, it, ultimately there there's too much talent and there's too many smart people involved for this to be the end result of the card. And I think that's where the disappointing thing comes from. Is just yeah you 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 know did you work yourself into a shoot with higher expectations I I don't think so when they booked the United Center when they booked you know Tanahashi and and Punk you're thinking okay here we go like we're we're really talking about something here we really got something here and then the end result is just it's just not that it just doesn't feel like it matches yeah. the 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 initial hype uh, of the show but um hey look I think AEW fans are buying the show well and, and I've said that from the beginning like I I never understood the scenario where I, I, like take. Joe six-pack AEW fan that watches every single week on Dynamite. What is – why is he not ordering this show? What, what, what? Well, the people will tell you. It's because, ah, Japanese men. Ah. Yes, they didn't introduce the <laughs> Japanese men who your core AEW fan is familiar with. Right, and who exploded when Okada came when Okada out. Came insane. Out. Yeah. yeah, oh, my God. Ah, I can't watch this yeah. show anymore. What I will say, though, and what I will say is I am very curious how this one does in terms of where it's placed in the calendar. So we have never had an AEW pay-per-view smack dab in the middle of summer. We've had end of May. We've had early September. We've had Labor Day. We've had later in the year. We've had that sort of stuff. We've had, you know, near St. Patrick's Day. We've had They have always avoided the middle of the summer. And I'm very, very curious. And that's maybe the one thing that – and initially I think I brought this up when we talked about the bias limits is – I think your core AEW fan is going to buy this show no matter what. If they if they bought Double or Nothing and they bought All Out and they bought Full Gear, then they're probably going to buy this. They bought Revolution, they're probably going to buy this. They want to see who the interim champ's going to be. Right, yeah, they're interested. It, it's still going to be a good – all the stars of AEW are mostly still there, mostly. And I guess, yeah, there's probably going to be some that fall off because there's no Punk. And there's going to be some that fall off because there's no Brian. But, you know, it, it, there's still John Moxley in there. There's still Hangman. There's still Adam Cole. You know, there, there's a, there's a, the boxer there. There's still enough stuff. There's enough intrigue. What I'm really curious about is is Orange does Cassidy or yeah, I mean, Orange Cassidy. A, a bona fide draw for sure. 
uh, TV wise and all that sort of stuff. But what I'm curious is, is, is we'll find out, and this will be a very eye opening thing is does summer also matter? Does being smack dab in the middle of vacation yeah. season, does smack, you know, being in a time when people have so many other things to do that maybe it's not top of mind on Sunday night to say, ah, you know what? I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting at home, not doing anything. Cause I'll tell you all the other AEW pay-per-views are usually when I'm not doing shit at the end of May, not doing anything. It's end of May. Who gives a shit? September, you know, eh, Labor Day is, is busy, but you got an extra day, so it's whatever. You know, All Out is always, you know, fine because you got that next day off afterwards. And then Full Gear and, and Revolution or whatnot are happening in, you know, early, early fall, late, and you know. winter. Yeah, late winter. Who cares? Like, I, yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. At that point, it's like, I don't do anything. Of course I'll sit here and watch this pay-per-view. I do, I, I'm very curious, and, and, and we, I, we might not know because people might see a number, whatever that number may be, and assume, oh, it's because the build sucked, or oh, it's because these guys got hurt. Or I do wonder if how much of it is just the attrition of being in the smack dab in the middle of summer. And, and WWE was always kind of careful about that, too, with SummerSlam. SummerSlam is not in mid-July. You know, SummerSlam isn't in mid-June. It's the end of August. It's, like, pretty late in August because they want to capture everybody they possibly can and not get in midst of vacation times and, and, and people just doing other stuff and doing other things on the weekend. So I, I'm really curious what that number bears out. I think your core AEW fan are going to watch it no matter what because they're going to watch an AEW pay-per-view because it's going to happen anyway. Um, you're, I don't want not to use the term casual fans, but your fans that maybe aren't your every single pay-per-view buyer, those are going to be the interesting ones to see how many of them are going to jump on board for this, which I still think is a very intriguing card to a lot of them, but how many of those have other things going on, are going to be on vacation, going to be out of town doing that sort of stuff. That to me is what's going to be a lot more fascinating than you know, people hate this build and, oh my God, Japanese men on my television. Ah, I can't possibly watch the show anymore. Like that's, I, this, I, this, this that's, idea. Dumb. that's dumb and we shouldn't even offer this you know. <laughs> idea that AEW fans aren't going to buy this show because Zack Sabre Jr. didn't cut a promo is utter nonsense <laughs> right. it's, it's utter not it's, it's the most over talked I'm not going to say there's nothing to it but it's completely overblown yeah would I prefer Zack Sabre Jr. cut a promo yes am I now assuming yeah. that 80,000 people that were going to buy this show that are about to hit the button Zack Sabre Jr. comes out oh here we go and then he doesn't cut a promo and go, ah exit I'm good <laughs> I don't need to spend my money like no, come on. Yeah, I mean, they popped uh, the building, the, the roof blew off when Okada came out. Um, no, and I get that the live audience is a different kind of audience than the TV audience. I understand that. But we're talking about the core AEW fan base that buys every pay-per-view. They're going to buy this. And I think a lot of the people shitting on the show, there's still a curiosity factor. They're going to buy it so they can uh, sit there like they used to do at Monday Night Raw and rip on it all night. I think those people are going to buy the show. I don't see a scenario where Sunday night your Twitter feed is a ghost town like it is for some of these WWE premium live events that have bad lineups. I think that's insane. I think that Sunday night AEW and Forbidden Door is going to own your Twitter feed because I think people are going to be watching this show. I think it's absurd to think otherwise. Yeah, looking at recent uh, pay-per-view buys here, Full Gear uh, 2021. I'm throwing out All Out because obviously we always have 205. I I don't think it's going to reach 205. Ah, It's not going to do All Out numbers. It's not. So let's just scratch that from the record. All right, Full Gear. We're going to start with Full Gear in November. 145,000 for Full Gear. You think this one can beat Full Gear 145,000? No, I think this show will do – I think – the Mike Tanay, if the show does 90, it's a success. I would pound that. If I could bet on that, I would pound that over with every dollar in my bank. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like I, the numbers they were doing when they first started or like, you know. Yeah, yeah that, that no, I don't. Think. I think they're going to do um, they're going to do over 100,000. I, I think that's safe. Do, yeah, I, I think that's safe. I would say I, I forget what my initial thing was, but I think I'm somewhere in the 110, 120. I think that's where I initially was, and I don't think I've changed off of that at all. 
I think they could do 120. I think anything over 120 is a uh, pretty big success, and they should do them every year. Um, you know, I think they're going to do them. At, I think they should do another one next year anyway, where they could really put their best foot forward and kind of make up for this lineup. Um, you know, the the, the one kind of silver lining is they still have a lot of money matches on the table. <laughs> they they do. Do yeah, next year's show should be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you still have Punk Tanahashi on the table, and you want to do that one because the clock's ticking on both guys. And you still have uh, Okada hasn't had a won't have will will not have had a singles match with anybody. Uh, Brian Danielson's not wrestling on this show. Kenny so Omega if, not there. Kenny Omega's not there. If this show does well, it's like a little it's like a little gift that they got that a lot of these guys didn't work because next year they can load it up and 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 do even better. Yeah, we they'll, they'll dodge a bullet if this show still does great. Right. Um, fans are still hot. It ends up being a very good show. They'll, they can, you know, breathe a sigh of relief of, wow, oh, man, we had 12 injuries and this and that and that, yada, yada, and all those sort of things. And we still sold these amount of pay-per-views. And we still had a great show. And we and still we had a hot crowd. Yeah. And did a million-dollar gate. Now, next year, you might have to show people something before you sell that building. And hopefully, hopefully. We're always in favor of that. Honestly, I'm always, 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 always in favor of that. I, Rich, we had promoters <laughs> We had promoters in our DMs yelling at us for those shows we did 10 years ago, screaming about stop buying tickets blind because you're letting these promoters off the hook. You know, and, and you know, we got people arguing, you know, Gabe Sapolsky arguing with us. Oh, a good promoter would never do that. <laughs> yeah, but you do it subconsciously. I'm not even saying they do it on purpose. Some of them do because they're sleazy. Right, but- yeah, if you listen to the actual context of the show, and I just said that earlier with this thing, like, I don't think that you inherently go, oh, shit, we sold out the building. Great. Make it a shitty show. Fuck those fans. You know what I mean? Like, you're not doing that. You're not sitting there petting your cat saying, ah, these marks. Give them a bad show now. Like, but do you, like, do you work harder to make those calls? You work harder to, to, to stay up all night racking your brain and making the calls and making the texts and saying, hey, we, would, would you face this guy? Will you lose this? I mean, you don't do that sort of work. You might just be a little bit more like, ah, you know what? Yeah, you know, it, it, like subconsciously. It, it's, it's all that. We talked, I forget what, what examples we used at the time, but like very much, you know, people do that in their job too. When you're, when you're hungry for a job, you're, you're, you know, you're single and you're hungry to find somebody. You're probably going to start working out more. You're probably going to eat better. You're going to, you're just a different attitude. It's just a different sense of, 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 of how you approach life. And that's how it happens probably for these guys too. They don't sit there evil stroking their mustaches going, aha, give these idiots a bad show. I'll show them for buying tickets. But yeah, do you, like we said with the Gato and Tony, do you get, do Tony Khan and Gato get in the room and and say, all right, we got to sell 10,000 tickets in a week. What's the match? Who are you willing to give up? Let's do it. But we're not leaving this room until we get that match. And we're announcing it on Twitter, or we're announcing it to the the, the, the ticket buying audience. We're not leaving this room until we have that match, and we decide on what it's going to be. You don't do that when the building's sold out. You know, you might make cursory calls here and there. You might make cursory texts, but it's not the there's not the desperation to sell those extra ten thousand tickets or whatever like there is when the building's what sold out. I, and you already got a million dollar gate. What do I need to do to not lose money? It doesn't right. exist when you've already sold the building out. So um, that's all we're saying. We're not saying that they're all curling their mustaches and yeah. So, um, anyway, I think, uh, obviously they've already done a million dollar gate. I think the pay-per-view is going to do well. I think there's going to be massive curiosity in this thing. Um, even from people who have been shitting on it, they're all going to rich. They're all going to be there in front of, their <laughs> of course, every, yeah. every one of them for this show. Now, if it was just a run of the mill, bad AEW pay-per-view lineup, I might not be as confident in that, but there's a novelty factor here that cannot be ignored. Um, anyway, 
uh, here's the show. Moxley and Tanahashi for the interim title. Um, you know, I think that there's big interest in that match, and I think that's the match that's going to sell the pay-per-views. And I do think there's an outside chance. I can't write off the possibility of Tanahashi winning. And my uh, yeah, I, I, there. I can't either, man. I, I'm actually going to look right now at, uh, at, at, at see if uh, my bookie has any odds on this. Because well, look, I, I look. I think Moxley's going to win. I just can't write off the possibility. Because right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I, here's I, my reason. I was going to say not. I'm not a betting man. <laughs> like I was going to say betting man wise. If I was a betting man, like depending on the odds for Tana, I think it's at least worth yeah. a, a a potential. Of looking at it because I don't think yeah. it's a zero percent chance. I see some people saying no, zero. There's no way it's going to be Moxley. Of course it's going to be Moxley. I think there's an outside chance it could be Tanahashi. Do I think it's going to be Moxley? I do. Will yeah. I be willing to throw a few bucks on, on a bet to have it if be I Tanahashi? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and right now I'll tell you, sir, uh, the odds for one horse Tanahashi are plus two twenty five. What site is this? That is my bookie. Plus two twenty five. My line. I told you this privately. I said if Tanahashi's plus four hundred, I'm playing him. Yeah, two twenty five is not enough for me. I don't think two twenty five is not enough for me. Ten bucks win. Yeah, nah, it's not gonna be enough. I, I, but plus four hundred, I was playing Tanahashi because I think that the, the thing with Tanahashi and the argument for him to win is if Tony Khan and I say this, uh, I, I don't say this to be disparaging, but he's a giant nerd. And if he doesn't want to screw up his title lineage by having John Moxley have this second kind of fake title reign or whatever. Tanahashi's the best trapdoor out of that. You know what I mean? It's like you put this interim title on Tanahashi, he comes back, and then you do the punk Tanahashi match you wanted to do to begin with. Right. You know, and, and you and you draw money with that, and then you put the title right back on punk and you don't disrupt your title lineage or anything. So there is an argument for Tanahashi, but no, I you know, I think Moxley's gonna win. Yeah, and, and I think, too, you, there's the weird optics of Moxley walking around with that interim title. And, and like, Moxley will make it work because he's John Moxley or whatever, but I just can't get by how I think he's going to feel dorky if he does, you know what I mean, just carrying around this sort this of interim fake title, yes. title that's not quite real, and is he going to treat it like it's real? Like, I think you get out of a lot of that by just having Tanahashi win it. And Tanahashi can treat it like it's a big deal to him because to him it will be a big deal. He doesn't really know or care about all the other stuff to him. It probably is a big deal to win this title. And then you can still do the Punk Tanahashi thing, whether it be later in the year or whether it be at Wrestle Kingdom or whatever. You can do that. And then, yeah, you neat and tidy. And Moxley doesn't have this weird, well, he's two-time champion, sort of, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to worry about that if it's Tanahashi. But, yeah, there, there's, you know, again, I, I still do think Moxley is going to win, but I would not put it at 0%. I, I would definitely no. put it, there's a, I, I, not a strong chance, but there is a chance that Tanahashi does leave uh, for Bindor as champion. And I think that'd be fine. I think that'd be interesting and be a fun, uh, unique story. And, hell, even if he's not there every single week, which he's not going to be because he's got to be in the G1, he's got to be in Japan, he's got to do that sort of stuff, you have 27 other titles in this company. Like, that, you're fine. Like, you're going to be okay without this one particular interim title. It's not even the, you know what I mean? It's not even the real title, and everybody knows it's not the real title. You have guys on the roster saying it's not even the real title. So it's like, I, 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 I don't buy this idea that, like, AEW is just going to crumble from within if that title's not around. you got enough stuff to hold you over for three, four, five months or whatever. Or, you know, if the punk injury is worse and it is awful and terrible, then, then yeah, you can bring Tanahashi here, have him lose to somebody or whatever and, and, and move on that way. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just don't – I don't think it'd be a, a, a terrible thing if Tanahashi won. I, I think they'd be fine. AEW would be fine. I think it would be cool for Tanahashi, and I think Moxley loses nothing by that either. 
I'm not someone who thinks you need the title on TV every week. They're I think 27. That's I mean, God damn, there's so many titles in the show. They'll be yeah. fine. They'll be okay. Um, the four-way for the IWGP heavyweight title, I mean, Jay White's not losing the title. I think the intrigue is in who gets beat, and that, I think, is going to be Adam Cole to advance whatever storyline they're doing here between the Elite and the Bullet Club. So Adam Cole's going to eat a switchblade probably out of nowhere. Um you know, I would have obviously loved to have seen two singles matches and for these bookers to show some guts and just beat some people in the middle. Uh, that's not what's happening here. Um, but, you know, I'm sure it'll be a great match. Yeah, it's <laughs> a fucking four-way, man. I, uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be good. I can I just imagine some of the spots in my head, and I already hate them, and some of the, the kick out, you know, somebody's going to be pinned, and the guy's going to come out of nowhere and break it up or whatever, and it's like, ugh, God. Uh, I just, yeah, four away. I just can't get excited about a four. It's going to be good. It's going to be good, but I will just never, I mean, I'll I'll be very consistent about that. I'm going to be consistent when we talk about Slammiversary. I just can't get into four ways. I can barely get into triple threats and three-way dances at this point. I just have a tough time with these. I'd rather just two singles matches. I just like singles matches than I just like tag matches. I'll take a, I would take a six man over this match. I would take a straight up tag match between a four, uh, over a four way. I just have no interest in seeing a four way. But with that said, in the end, I'm positive I'll still enjoy this match because look at the guys that are in it. Everybody is good. Everybody is solid. It's probably going to be solid as hell. It's just going into it. There's no way I could tell you that I'm excited. I'd be lying if I told you I was excited about it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, U.S. title, Will Ospreay vs. Orange Cassidy. I think on a properly loaded show where everybody's healthy and in a perfect world, this is like fifth from the top. Oh, this yeah. This is a really yeah. good oh, fifth yeah, yeah. from the top match. Now it's third from the top. Um, I think it could be the match of the night. I mean, I, I'm not thrilled with the with the matchup, but, you know, looking at what they were dealing with, with the guys that were tied up in the All-Atlantic deal and the way some of the rest of the card shook out, I mean, I, I could see why this was chosen as the option. Um, and I, I think that they could steal the show and have the match of the night. Number one, it's Will Ospreay, who's, who's like fourth year running the best wrestler in the world, arguably. And I don't know if you saw the Nick Wayne match, but I'm I, I'm writing up a review for that, which should be out at some point this weekend on the ten dollar tier. I'm doing a batch of reviews. That was everything people are saying. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he locked in deep. wrestler of the year at this point. Like he has to either get hurt and not which wrestle is the rest a possibility of the year, based on what's happening around him. <laughs> based on this curse that show. Um, and even then, I'm not sure that I could take given the body of work that this man has had this year six yeah. months, almost seven months into the year, 
that felt like the cap off to me where I was like, all right, this is just so clearly the best wrestler in the world. Head and shoulders. Like, it's 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 absurd how good this guy is. And he's going to do it again on, on Sunday. He's going to go there with yeah. Orange Cassidy. People yeah. are going to say, Orange And then he's going to go out there and have the match of the night with Orange Cassidy. It's going to be like four and a half stars. People are going to say, I didn't know Orange Cassidy was this good. And, like, that, that's what Will has done this year is yes. make people that – and I'm not taking anything away from Orange Cassidy because Orange Cassidy is very good. But the constant thing is like, oh, I didn't know that guy was that good. And it's like, well, yeah, that guy is good, but also Will Ospreay is that good that he makes everybody else – feel like they're the, the greatest wrestler in the fucking universe, and he's going to do that again with Orange Cassidy. I'm, posi- I'm positive this is going to be the match of the night. I'm positive it is, because it's fucking Will Ospreay, and he has a match of the night every night that he wrestles. <laughs> like... the, the new spin, Rich, is this. Will's oh, God. Match... Oh, please, please enlighten me on the spin. Yeah. The new spin is this. Will's matches are so good that people can't, like, credibly claim that the matches aren't good. Like, <laughs> right, that... right, right, right. So now what they're doing instead is... And they're all is... different, and they're all, you know, with different yeah. opponents, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. So what people are doing instead is crediting the other guy. That's oh. the <laughs> yes, guy. of course. Yeah. Like, like I don't know if you saw some of the Dax Harwood fallout. Oh, like, I, I saw one. God. Someone, some, some reviewer was like, "Ah, this proves Dax is a miracle worker." <laughs> yeah, Dax is a miracle worker for having a great match with the best wrestler in the world who has great matches every time he has a singles match. Yeah, that must be it. All right, so I'm, I'm looking the... right now at all uh, <laughs> all Will Ospreay singles matches yeah. uh, that have uh, over nine or over uh, over eight. Let's do over eight on, uh, on, on cage match this year, okay? So all these are Zack Sabre Jr., Okada, Michael Oku, Nick Wayne, John Moxley, and Brian Cage all – Carrying Will Ospreay. Oh yeah, let's go to over eight. El Fantasmo Sonata also there. Yeah. Uh, Titus Look, Alexander, great match. Blake Christian. I don't know if you saw that one from Warrior Wrestling. Great. Dax Harwood, great. The fucking match with Bushi. <laughs> Bushi. Yeah, great match with Bushi. Well, people were okay. So I saw a lot were of people, people doing saying, that with Bushi. I, I saw a lot of people saying that Dax Harwood match was like a match of year contender and 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 the best match that Will Ospreay's had in years and all this nonsense. That's not even one of Will Ospreay's five best matches this year. That I've seen against Dax Harwood, and it was no, a great match. No, 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 I love that match, but no. no I mean, way. the the Okada match, I mean, blew it away. Uh, the, the you just named a bunch of them. Yeah, Zack Saber Jr., uh, Oku, this Nick Wayne match. Oh, the Oku match, please, way better. You know, John Moxley, uh, I was live in the building for that one. Fucking awesome. Even the four with the four way, right? Uh, oh no, no, the, the, no I'm talking oh, about the straight up singles match, match at, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Windy City. Riot. Oh yeah, that one, that was a great match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is just. By the way, these are just good Will Ospreay singles matches this that, year. Right? That that Dax Harwood match would be the best match of a lot of people's lives. That's like his seventh best match in half a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous, you know. And he's gonna have another great one against Orange Cassidy. And you know, I'm gonna. I, I, anyway, plug the reviews again. That'll be ten dollar tier great content. Uh, Osprey Nick Wayne. Um, uh, Takeshita versus uh, Speedball from West Coast Pro. Oh, I'm excited to read what you thought of that one. Takeshita versus Lee Moriarty from Prestige. I just watched that and wrote up the review. And then I'm going to do Osprey versus Titus Alexander from West Coast Pro. And then the fifth match, I was going to do the AAA five-way, but I, I changed my mind. I'm probably going to do either Osprey versus Blake Christian or or figure something else out for the fifth match. That's a hell of, that's a hell of a five matches, man. Jesus. A lot of, a lot of snowflakes are going to be flying. Yeah, I was going to say it's going to be snowing uh, in, uh, in Texas uh, sometime yeah, this weekend. For that for one. Sure. And I don't wow. typically do that with my reviews. I try to mix in. I don't try to do just super hyped matches, but, uh, you know, that's what this match is going to be. But anyway, that match will probably be great and threaten uh, match of the night. Uh, the All-Atlantic title, 
as we talked about at the top, Clark Connors is in for Ishii. So Ishii wasn't going to win anyway. But it's going to be uh, Pac, Miro, and Alistair Black with Clark Connors. You know, Ishii wasn't in a singles match. I'm really not that torn up about this. I mean, it, it, when you add it to the rest of the pile, it's like, ah, come on already. But um, Ishii in a four-way isn't quite the same as if Ishii would have been wrestling one of these guys in a singles match. So big opportunity for Clark Connors. I don't know. I guess we're, we need to find out what this title is going to be. I still don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I, I think this, again, like, if this is the only four-way match, I'd say, all right, yeah, this, but this is pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. The fact that it's a second four-way match on the show, it's it's tough to get too excited about that. Like, it, it's, again, I'm not going to ever lie to you and tell you I'm excited about a four-way match. Like, I'm just never going to. But this one was pretty close when it was going to be Pac, Miro, Malachi, Black, and Tomori Ishii. Now I feel like there's also this added weirdness that, like, this match is probably going to be pretty damn good. Pac and Miro uh, are, are, are both great. Malachi Black is great. Clark Connors isn't as great as Ishii, but he's still pretty damn solid. I feel like this match is going to be, like, a really, really good four-way. Now that main event's going to have to follow and also be a very, very good four-way, which is not always easy to do, to have a good, well-constructed four-way match. So I, it's just odd booking again. Like, I just never in a million years thought we would get four or, you know, two four-way matches on, on and the a three-way. show. Yeah, yeah, and a three-way. It's just it's too much. It's just too much. So for all the marbles, the IWGP and ROH tag team titles, Ocon and Cobb, who come in with as the IWGP champs, FTR, who come in as the ROH champs, and Rapongi Vice, whose story is, uh, we have never won either of these titles, and uh, we want them, and we can get them both. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would have been preferred either of these paired off. Again, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be yeah. good, but, um, you know, but it's interesting that the winner gets both of these titles, because then it's like, how do you, you know, I, FTR is going to win. I think the, the idea is they're belt collecting right now is kind of the idea. And you and and New Japan doesn't really need their tag titles around with G one coming, so, but then how do you get all these individual sets of titles off of FTR from there? That's that's yeah, that that is tough. It, yeah, it, it FTR seems like the obvious pick here. United Empire just doesn't work as like ROH champion. It's kind of a weird fit. Rapongi yeah. Vice, I I mean Rapongi Vice, I I don't think they're going to win. They would maybe be the easiest one because they can bounce back and forth a little bit easier than all these other guys and and and. Uh, and whatnot, but that's not the. I mean, it's going to be FTR. I, I think we all know that. And I think uh, they're doing the belt collector gimmick with. That. Yeah, exactly, and that's fine. That's cool. But like you said, it is a little weird, and it kind of. I don't know. For United Empire, it also fears kind of. I mean, I. Just, why did they have to lose those titles to Folly and Owens? Even eh, I don't know. It's like you know now they're going to yeah, be three time champions in two months and stuff. I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of weird, kind of strange. But no, I mean this. I, I again, I think would be. I'd be way, way, way more excited if it was FTR than United Empire. Like, that's fine. Like, you can have United yeah. Empire lose. It's not that big of a deal. You could FTR lose if, no. if you wanted to. I, but I, 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 I think get it. They're protecting. I, they're protecting, 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 protecting. Yeah, they, they got Rocky there to get beat. Yeah. That's what it is. Rocky's there to get beat. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus X. Yeah. I went over some of the candidates for this X. It's got to be Cesaro. It's got to be like a Cesaro level guy or better, right? Yeah. Well, there's only one Cesaro level guy, and that's Cesaro. Yeah. Now right. the last, <laughs> right. the last I heard, you know, but who knows? There wasn't a ton of interest in Cesaro, uh, but you know, he hasn't shown back up in WWE yet, so that's something to look at. Uh, Gargano. Now, the thing about the guy then becoming a member of Blackpool Combat Club, Gargano doesn't fit that aesthetic at no. all. No. No, he's, he's a Disney. He's a, a Disney adult. He can't. He can't be a part. A part of the Blackpool Combat Club, <laughs> unless they make him. Unless they they get him in the ring with all of his Disney stuff, and they have a giant barrel on fire, and they tell him to throw all of his Disney stuff in there. 
William Regal and Moxie telling him, hey, throw that shit in there right now, buddy. Get all these no, figures either. and all your fucking Disney crap and throw it in this fire if you're going to be part of Black. Now, that would rock if they're going to do that. I don't think that's what's going to happen, though. He's a melodrama nerd. He's not a, a – he doesn't fit the aesthetic. Not at all. Story. Not at all. I saw Davey Richards pitched. I don't think he's a big enough name. <laughs> that pops you and me and nobody uh, else. Like... I don't think he's a big enough name. I no. saw – Lee Moriarty pitched. He's a real possibility. But you don't but do I the mystery would... thing with Lee Moriarty. You just have Danielson say Lee Moriarty then, right? Well, maybe yeah, not setting because him up. that That's would... I don't love that. Here's for Lee. the problem. That's setting him up people, for failure. It's setting him up for people to be disappointed in him because he doesn't come across. The way that Danielson and Khan have sold this is that it's a just huge name that's not going to be a letdown. I'm sorry, but Lee Moriarty would be a letdown. No disrespect to Lee Moriarty. No, no, no. Lee Moriarty would be great. I, I think he'd fit in perfectly with that unit. He be would great, fit, But, absolutely. like, that would be a thing where you say, all right, I'm introducing the new member of, of the – this is on, 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 on Wednesday. Danison would say, hey, I'm introducing a new member of the Combat Club. It's Lee Moriarty. He's going to show you what he can do. And then he goes in the ring and he kills a guy on Dynamite or whatever. That, that's how I would build that if it's going to be Lee Moriarty. Having it yeah. say, all right, Zack Sabre Jr. comes out and he's going, okay, come on, man. Who, you know, who, who am I facing? Who am I facing? And as Lee Moriarty is like, yeah, that's the, I mean, yeah. you're just letting the air out of a balloon like nothing else. And, and there's, again, it, it's all about the optics of it. If Lee Moriarty is announced on Wednesday and goes out there and have a match and people say, all right, whatever, it's Lee Moriarty, is new member of the comic club. Okay, that's fine. You have Danielson telling you, oh, you know me. I'm not going to let you guys down. It's going to be a great pick. Like, you know, you can't then wait for Zack Sabre Jr. to be standing in the ring waiting for the opponent to come out and it's Lee Moriarty. Like, that's just not going to, it's not going to work. It's not fair to him. It's just not fair to Lee Moriarty, who is a great talent and will be a great addition to the Blackpool Combat Club. But yeah. that's setting him up for, and it's setting the fans up to, to to feel disappointed and angry and annoyed. He would work long term for the group. There's no there's no question about it. But I, I I they the reason you wouldn't say is because I feel like all right, let's make lemonade out of these lemons of not having Danielson, and we'll have the intrigue of a mystery wrestler as part of the sell for this pay per view. So maybe that's yeah, part of it. You got to deliver but, that, though. You can't. Yeah, they've been good, I, about, and AEW has been very good about that. They haven't violated that trust yet. We always talk about that. They ha- every time they've told you there's a big surprise, it's usually a pretty damn big surprise, and it usually does deliver what people want. So this wouldn't. This, this wouldn't. Would be a and this would be one of the first ones, the one, first yeah. obvious and public like letdown of a mystery. So I don't know. I don't love it. it, it, it the people in the building would be like, "Oh, he. We like him. He's the guy on dark." You know, and it's like it wouldn't get. To me, there's only one person who's realistic and available on Earth who would satisfy the build, and that's Cesaro. I think that would get a great reaction in the building and, you know, is the guy who your typical AEW fan is dying to see in that company and get away from the place where they're never going to book them in, 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 a, in, a, in a way that's satisfying to a hardcore fan. That's the only one. I don't see another option that would be satisfying in that building and live up to the hype. Talent. I mean, unless you're poking guys from New Japan, but even then you're talking about like. But then they have to be part of Blackpool Combat Club and it doesn't work. Right, right, right. Like, so that that yeah. disrupts it. So, you know, I've seen people say like Shibata. Well, first of all, they're not putting him in a blood and guts match. They haven't <laughs> that would be a, a quite the jump, yeah. Well, they haven't let him wrestle since Wrestle Kingdom, so you're going to put him in a match where he's, you know, uh, you know, shit, carving his head up and 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 falling off of shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
So, and then it's the issue of, well, then he has to be part of the group. I don't know, TV every week. That, so that's not going to work. Um, you know, the one that would have been perfect, except but the politics don't allow it, is Takeshita. Yeah. I think that would have been perfect. What, what are you... That, oh, sorry, finish with Takeshita. Yeah, but there's a DDT guy that has no, to wrestle yeah, that's not gonna work. guy, and New Japan's not going to go for that. Would a, Kenta, would, would a Kenta work for you? No, because Kenta is in Bullet Club. And the cannon crosses over in these two companies. Right. So he can't be in, in the Blackpool Combat Club because he's in Bullet Club. The right. cannon's the same. So you can't do that. I mean, all Japan has Suwama in 19 different factions right now. But, <laughs> but they would probably like to. Don't do what they're doing. <laughs> don't do what Suwama and all Japan yeah, are doing. We don't obviously. need voodoo murders, please. No, voodoo no, murders please, no. please no. Um, but, you know, so no, that doesn't work either. It, it, but he would fit the aesthetic to a T. I mean, he'd be great. Um. So to me, I think it's going to be Lee Moriarty or Cesaro. I think Lee Moriarty is going to get off to a little bit of a rough start if it's him. Um, Cesaro, though, look, it, 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 the, it, this is all the way they've hyped. They've hyped this as a huge major. Daniel Brian Danielson said, "This is not going to let you down." <laughs> right when he says that, yeah, that's uh, Tony yeah. Khan on the podcast today. With uh, I always forget her name, Aubrey. Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards said, "This is a massive surprise that people are going to love." Well, okay, then it can't be Lee it Moriarty. It can't be Jonathan Moriarty. Gresham, Lee Moriarty, or you no, know, it can't be those people. You know, Jarrell Nelson, or you know, the... right? It can't be the West Coast Wrecking Crew, you know? <laughs> right? Right. Um, you know, Tom Lawler. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like strong guys that are going to be in the building know, there. Yeah, you know, Gabe you Kid. Know. Like, it's not enough if it's Gabe Kid. Like, that's not a massive giant surprise. Like, it's not going to work. So, I mean, I, you know, they've set themselves up where it's like, and now I think there's like this groundswell for Cesaro now too, where it's like if it's not him, people are going to be annoyed. So, anyway, we're, we're we got to move on. Yeah, so, yeah. AW Women's Title Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. I think this had look. This has a chance to be the best women's title match that they've done maybe ever if it hits its ceiling. Um, I think they should put the title on Tony Storm. She feels hot. She performs well every single week on TV. This feels like one of them old school deals where it's like this is the per- – like if it wasn't the original plan, we need to change plans and put it on this person. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I, I like the. I, what do you think of the build of this match? It's fine. I don't know. I mean, people make such a thing of that. It's like, I don't know. I'm from the Cody school of we don't need a fucking novel to set up every match. I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I kind of like the that. They just, they just stare at each other and say, oh, we're going to fight each other at some point. And then I'm it. the wrong guy to ask because I don't need all that. Yeah. yeah and I'm a lot you. of wrestling fans claim they do need that. And maybe they're right. You know what I mean? Tony Storm battled took over the number one contendership by beating Britt Baker won a tough match this week against you know someone they push as a shooter and then Thunder Rosa came out to save her from a beating they had their little Monday Night Raw stare down right they've had the I'm gonna hit you with the belt uh, yeah. I'm holding your belt and we're looking at each other I, that's fine for me and they're two great wrestlers that's I just want to see them wrestle and, and one right. of them is gonna win and one of them is gonna lose I, it's fine if, if all of that's not good enough for you 
you have unrealistic standards on builds for mid-card pro wrestling. Right, and also, do you really need Thunder Rosa cutting a 25-minute promo? Because I really don't. Do I need Tony no. Storm cutting a 25-minute promo? I really don't. I need them kicking ass and, and, and you know, slightly building up to a match that's going to happen on Sunday, which is going to be a fucking awesome match, and they're going to kill each other because they're Rich, both tremendous let, pro wrestlers. Let, we let Thunder Rosa and Serena Deep cut promos last yeah, time. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I didn't like that. I don't want to do that. I don't like that. No. No more I mean, of that, the please. The build here is fine. But you add in the factor of everybody thinks that, you know, Tony Khan is the world's biggest misogynist and all that. So there's even more, like, there's even more of this thing where it's never good enough when it comes to this women's division. So that even makes it worse. This build has been perfectly fine. Yeah, just two badasses that want to get in there and kick each other's ass. I don't know. That's fine Especially the slot on the card. If this was the main event of the pay-per-view, it would be a substandard build. It's fucking ninth from the top. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Um, or whatever. Seventh, whatever it is. El Fantasmo, Hikuleo, and the Young Bucks versus Sting, Darby Allen, Hiromu, and Shingo. I was amused by Shingo going on Twitter to say, hey, I didn't know what my match was, but I'm happy with this because I want to wrestle the Bucks. Yeah, and that's, uh, that, that jives with a lot of what we've heard from people in, in, in the New Japan yeah. room that uh, they don't really, they haven't really been as, you know, abreast of what's going on in this show as much as they maybe uh, wanted to or would like. And yeah, some of the wrestlers finding out uh, quite literally what their matches are when they're happening on the air. Yeah, so, I mean, this is another match where I would have, you know, cut the fat and put the stars in there with each other. How about Darby versus Hiromu? Why not just do that? Yeah, sounds fucking I'm, great. And, yeah. And listen, if I'm Tony Khan, I don't give a shit if Darby loses that match. No. Oh, my God. Who cares? Who cares? You know? Um, it, listen, if I'm New Japan, I don't care if Hiromu loses no. that match. <laughs> right. I just say, let's Hiromu... go out there and have a kick-ass, incredible match. Yeah, neither of these guys are protected on any level that, that, that would... Not, no, listen, Hiromu just lost his challenge of Ishimori. He's kind of in a zone now where he can lose. Right, right, right. Like, th- this is the perfect time if, to beat Hiromu. Like, this is... Listen, if, if I was in the room putting this show together and playing the politics game, this is one where I'd be begging for my guy to lose because I don't think either one of them are hurt at all by losing. This would be one where I would pretend I was making a sacrifice. Do you see what I'm saying? I'd, I'd hem and haw. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, we'll give you yeah. Darby. You know, we'll give you Darby. You know what? Uh, no, you, you really put me over a barrel here, but you know what? We'll have Darby lose. You know what? You no, know, if, <laughs> if you'll give me, if you'll give me Okada over Hangman, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you can beat Hiromo. Like that's how I would play this match on right. either side. Yeah, you sit up in your chair, look at your paper, tap your pen, yeah. and go, ah, I can't believe I'm going to do this. You know what? Yeah. Home Roma will lose. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> rub the back of my neck. Yeah, you throw yeah. the pen down. You got you know, you know, yeah, rub the back. Take your glasses yeah. off. You don't even wear glasses. You find glasses, yeah. put them on, take them off, rub your temples, go, oh, man. Take a ghost sip of my empty Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, empty. You know? it's been empty it's like, for yeah. 20 minutes, but you're still. It makes that sound. <laughs> And you say, you know, yeah, absolutely. And then you, then you, it doesn't sound anything like that, by the way. But <laughs> yeah, it, terrible it, it, Foley artist. To work there. That was like a flute or something. <laughs> yeah, what is but, that? Um, like a recorder. <laughs> yeah, that was not an empty uh, sip of a uh, straw. Um, but yeah, no, that, I would have preferred something like that or the LIJ guys versus the Bucks. Yeah, really. I mean, was... honestly, the if you want to split this match up and, and yeah, Phantasmo and Hikuleo versus, you know, Darby and Sting. Eh, there's not much to that, but whatever, it's fine. But like, I I would have either had the Bucks and and Shingo and Hiromu. That's a match that again, 
doesn't really mean anything booking wise. It's just a, a good service match of, hey, go out there, yeah. have a great fucking match. These guys do have a history together. Young Bucks and Shingo do have a history together. But in the end, who gives a shit? Like, just go out there and have an incredible match, have the match of the night. Now we are, I don't think we're going to get the match of the night here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Fantasmo, Hikaleo, and the Bucks are going to have a match of the night with the Darby Allen, Sting, and, and Shingo, and, and Hiromu. But you had the opportunity to do that. You had two teams that it didn't matter if they lost or whatever. Shingo and, and Hiromu can lose. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but now, yeah, we, we, we don't have that. Um, and, yeah, it's just, you know, again, another missed opportunity to me. You know, just throwing together a match that nobody could possibly care about. That might end up being pretty good. But, yeah, the care is just – there's just not much there. So, Jericho, Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara versus Wheeler, Utah, Shota Aminu, and Eddie Kingston. Uh, maybe this is what Mox was earmarked for. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But he's got his boy Shooter in there with Eddie Kingston and Wheeler, Utah. And uh, Jericho has hired Suzuki Goon to uh, take out his enemies, and he is paired back up with Sammy Guevara. So we have this uh, six man, which uh, ended the show with a giant brawl last night, which uh, with uh, Tanahashi and Moxley just kind of running out of things to mumble to each other. Like <laughs> right, saying how much longer do so, we have to do this? Um, Forty-five more seconds. Okay, uh, I'm gonna squint my eyes, and you're gonna squint your eyes, and I'm gonna go, and you're gonna go. Like, yeah, that was tough. That was for a show that's always slow on time. That was like the worst possible time to be like, oh, we got two more minutes, guys. Sorry, you, know, you guys are gonna have to brawl for an extra two minutes, and these guys are just gonna stand in the ring and snarl at each other. But uh, I like the brawl. I think it was pretty good. And I'm, I'm pretty interested to see how this uh, this all shakes out. It's not well, like a fun I, match. I, it's a, again, it's a who cares? This is a match that if it was seventh or eighth on the card. It's just you get Mono or Suzuki yeah. to come out there. People say his, you know, chant his song, and we move on, and nobody really cares or thinks about it ever again. But now in this, you know, with this build, it, it becomes one of the, you know, relatively it's been one of the strongest built matches, right? And that's know. yeah, and that's not it's... what it should have been, and not what it needed to be. And that kind of, you know, it, it's a victim of circumstances in that way in some well, in some cases, but also a victim of, you know, maybe not doing a great build. So shooters eating a uh, gotch style pile. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Buy in. The Ass Boys and Ass Dad <laughs> and Max Castor against the uh, L.A. Dojo guys of the DKC, Kevin Knight, Alex Coughlin, who is now a robot, and Yuya Uemura. So good little buy-in match. Um, you know, you want to get Castor out there to do a rap. Um, the DKC, by the way, is facing Hook on, uh, on Rampage. So, yeah, hey, quickly, because I know we don't have a lot of time. Hook is the Danison guy? Would you have done Hook oh. or Wardlaw against one of the L.A. Dojo guys in a quick squash on the actual pay-per-view? Because why not? Just to get them on there. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, why not? Why can't the Wardlaw take on some sacrifice? Like Alex, Co- maybe not Coghlan, or like Kevin Knight. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Knight. The, D- the DKC can take a fall to uh, you know, Yeah, the to... Wardlaw, and then you get Wardlaw on the pay-per-view and a big pop and everything, but instead the Wardlaw's not on the show. Yeah. And it takes up like six minutes of your four-hour pay-per-view. You know what I mean? You go in there and do a 30-second match where he power bombs the DKC four times and pins them. Or you could have done it with Hook. Um, but, you know, they didn't go in that direction, and Added on Rampage. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. If you're a dork that cares about Rampage spoilers, jump so, ahead three minutes or something like that. But oh yeah. I don't know if it's buy-in or it's going to be on the show, but we get Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland against De- El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru 
that rocks. Yeah, I am <laughs> inject that into my veins. That's a hell I want of a match. more of that on this show. Yeah, yeah, that's see, that's what I mean. That's like a great match that like you don't really need to build. It's just the fans that know know what they're gonna get. The fans that don't know are gonna be treated to a very very good solid wrestling match, and that's what I think this card needed more of. Is just give the fans good matches and don't really worry too much about the politics and all this sort of stuff. Just a good match. It's clear who's gonna lose. That's fine. Nobody can. It's you know what I mean. Like just just. Figure these if you, more of these matches should have been figured out, and this one's a perfect example of what this card could have more of. Instead of, no offense again to Hikaleo being you know stuffed into a, a, an eight man. You want you want to know my fear with this little innocuous looking match? You want my fear? What do you got? <sighs> Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs making it a three way. Oh no! <laughs> can't, you, can't you see that happening? I could absolutely see that happening. Yes. The match is about like, to start, and you know, doing some angles. Stars or something. comes out like an asshole with his shirt unbuttoned, going like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" You know yeah, I mean? like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I could see that. And then we get another three way. And then we get another three way. <laughs> oh, right. God damn it! Yes, I can. Um, yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wait, we're gonna have a forbidden door without Ricky Starks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starks with his shirt unbuttoned and yeah. his loafers and his loafers with no socks. You know. He's, He's Did you see that man throughout the first pitch? Or he, I don't know if it was um, the first pitch, but he was at a, a Cardinals, Cardinals game. game. Yeah, with no shirt and unbuttoned Cardinals yeah. jersey. Yeah, listen, it's Stroke it. Daddy. Look, I, stroke if daddy. I looked like him, I probably wouldn't wear a shirt either. So, Stroke Daddy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't get – listen, he's not on the pay-per-view, so no Stroke Daddy this month. No. Maybe maybe the next pay-per-view. So he could do Stroke Daddy on pay-per-view. He can't do Stroke oh, that's Daddy. Right, the, right, right. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we'll see if that match is on the buy-in or the actual show. Maybe that'll be made clear on Rampage. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, maybe they could squeeze a third match onto the buy-in. I mean, they like to do those video packages on the buy-in, though. So They do. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, You know what I mean? I, I'd put a hook out there or something like that if you're, if you're... – Yeah. Like you said, hook versus insert. I'm trying to think of the, the lowest well, on the rung. Well, do the hook DKC match on the buy-in instead of Rampage. They're doing the right. match. Oh yeah, they're doing that. Yeah, duh. That's I, I was I keep in my head thinking about Hook versus TKC as being like a perfect squash match. Yeah, duh. They're doing it on fucking Rampage. Do it on the pay per view. Come on, what are we yeah, doing here? It. Yeah. So give the crowd some. That's what I was saying. You could do a match with Hook or Wardlaw or even both. One on the buy in. Put Hook on the buy in. Put Wardlaw on the show because I would think you'd want to showcase. I I don't know if I'd want to have any pay per views without Wardlaw from this point. No, forward. no, 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 no. I mean, you know. So I I don't know. But that's a uh, forbidden door. $10 tier, instant reaction live, third seat, Iron Mike Spears, Sunday night, immediately following the show, as usual. Uh, just because Rich, look, Rich will actually probably uh, is set up just as well as he would be at home with the uh, Maybe better. studio at Mike's house. So, um, you know, get on board for that, and, uh, and we'll talk to you Sunday night. So we have a couple more topics to get to here as we move away from Forbidden Door. What do you want to do? You want to do uh, – the quick Vince McMahon update. Yeah, let's uh, let's do let's do a quick little hit on uh, Vince McMahon here. So if you did not know, if you want more on Vince McMahon, uh, I did an instant reaction live on Friday uh, after Vince appeared on SmackDown. That was also when we did find out that uh, that Vince McMahon was stepping down as CEO of WWE, which happened only a week ago, but feels like you know what I mean like it almost people aren't even talking about that that much anymore. I think that like 
Vince yeah. McMahon stepped down as CEO. Like it, it was so insane and it was so wild. And it happened like immediately after it was like the morning, Friday morning after we did the flagship. So it kind of sucked that we did this entire segment about like, oh, I don't know. There's a possibility that this time next week, like Vince McMahon's, you know, thinking about not being the CEO. And then it's like immediately thereafter, 12 hours after we record that he steps down as CEO. But with all that said, we know that there's an investigation. We know that he stepped down on Friday. Stephanie's taking over at interim CEO. Quote, unquote, step down. Let's, Puppet regime. Yeah, and then let's, a yeah. very big qualifier that happened a few days after that, John Laurinaitis was put on a leave of absence. Yeah. Makes sense, given, you know, his, his yes. proximity to all this stuff uh, going on. And then, in a, to me, what is 100, 1,000, 10 trillion percent indication that Vince McMahon is still running the day-to-day operations, running the show in, in this company, is that Bruce Pritchard was then appointed the new head of talent relations. I will tell you, if Vince McMahon truly stepped away and said, oh, I just want to take care of creative and Stephanie, it's your company now. There's no fucking chance on yeah. the universe that Bruce Pritchard takes over as head of talent relations. Yeah. Zero chance. So that's, yeah. that's all you need to know right now. So quote unquote, step in is absolutely the right way to put this. She's figurehead at this point right now. Will that grow into something more later? Maybe. Uh, are they just kind of easing into this transition? Maybe. I don't know. But all you need to know is if Bruce Pritchard gained another new job and another level up, Stephanie's not fully in charge. Vince is still in charge. Puppet regime. Yeah. Um, more, what is it now? Seven separate lawsuits now. So I had seven five when we started, but I think it might be up to seven by the time. Seven. I th- seven. Is it seven? Okay. It was five when I wrote the notes. Yeah. It, the, the vultures are swarming yeah. uh, in terms of, of people trying to, you know, and, and the stock price has not recovered. Uh, from I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what has recovered the television ratings. Absolutely. This has been great for the ratings, man. This is a bonanza. People... Vince, Vince earnestly in a room says, oh, God damn, we need more of these. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to, to his private, I don't think he said it to everybody in the room, but to his private, you know, group, he probably said, well, God damn. <laughs> like, yeah. Controversy. It creates cash. You know, this is great. It, I'll tell you what, it made me turn on SmackDown I live. I fucking watched SmackDown. Time. I haven't watched SmackDown in forever. I fucking watched yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I did I, Instagram know, Live after SmackDown. We had like 50 people on there. All people saying, yeah. yeah, he got me. I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, I watched Riddle and Reigns. Like, they watched the whole show. You know what I mean? And then he appears and then, on Raw. He's posting through it. And Vince McMahon is posting through he's it. He's posting through it. And there's he's curiosity. Appear on Raw every – he's going to just appear on TV all the time. And Raw popped a number two because I think there's curiosity. And he popped a number. <laughs> yeah, all three shows because I think there's curiosity in the company – from a fan standpoint, what it's going to look like in this short, I don't think that'll last obviously. No, 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 no. But there's, there's, there was short term curiosity and everything due to this situation. And it, and it has absolutely helped their television ratings, which is wild. Um, you know, and, and I think that's partially why he went on SmackDown. The other thing was, a, was a PR. They, they wanted film of him getting cheered and all that. Um, you know, and then he did it again on raw and, uh, even though it was unannounced, I think because certainly this whole situation helped pop that number. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and NXT did their best number in a long time. So, um, you know, and the week before TV had that weird week where mm-hmm. everything was down, so that helps. You know, uh, the bounce back look a little more impressive too. But yeah, I don't know. There's really not much more to add at this stage. Uh, you did the instant reaction after SmackDown and talked about it a little. We just have to see all how all this shakes out. I mean, you know, it, it's it's the whispers going around is these additional NDAs do in fact involve, uh, you know, on screen talent, past and present. So that'll be huge if that is in fact the case. I mean, that'll you know get more attention than nameless, faceless paralegals if it's people who 
have been on-screen talent. So we'll have to see. And a lot of the women who used to work for the company are starting to subtweet and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and none of them want to come out and break the seal. But a lot of them have been, you know, we're getting a lot of, I don't want to talk about it at this times from people like Gail Kim. And we're getting a lot of, um, you know, yeah, the eyeball emojis of, and, yeah. the, you know, not surprised or, right. uh, you know, like the passive aggressive sort of subtweeting stuff. Cause nobody wants to be the first person to say, yeah, this yeah. happened to me. Like, and it, it, it's, it's going to be tough and it might take like a, a group of people coming together and saying, all right, are we all ready to do this at the same time? Like if we're all ready, let's do it, you know, type of thing. Or yeah, this information coming out and discovery or whatever. And that, that will be the, especially with these swarming, you know, lawsuits and all this sort of stuff. That's when things get a little wild. If, if we start getting discovery on these things and people have to start under oath, you know, you know, answering questions, that's when things start getting wild. And that's when he probably bails for real, for real, as opposed to whatever this is right now, which is, is not him actually. He's not only is he, He's on TV every week, and he's clearly still running the show. So it's like, you know, for anybody hoping that this was going to be the end of Vince McMahon, uh, this was not the end. But uh, we we could still be staring down the the inevitable end of him very, very, very soon. But, you know, we'll see. What do you you make of Triple H popping up in NXT a week after Vince steps down? Very weird. Very weird. I I don't – I need to more – I need to know more details on the meeting, which – this happened yesterday, so I don't know a lot about it. Um, but isn't that a little conspicuous, or could it be a coincidence? Uh, yeah, I think it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Right? I, it's just it's it's interesting more than anything. I think at the top we could probably just say that Bruce Pritchard probably said, "Hey, look, I don't have time for this shit anymore. You know, I can't be doing. Yeah, I yeah. can't be writing NXT and figuring this shit out. So you know what? If if Triple H wants it back, talent relations, right, 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 and still writing Raw and writing Smack and doing all that sort of stuff, like I can't do NXT anymore. So you know what? If Paul wants it back, Paul can have it back, with the caveat and the understanding that hey, this is the way we're doing things now here, and everything's got to run through Vince or everything's got to run through me or anything like that. But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, we, people have said, oh, it's you know, it's it's Shawn Michaels' show and he's kind of running the day to day stuff and he's just filtering it through Bruce and and Vince and all this sort of stuff. So I. I... <sighs> I don't know. I it, it's it is conspicuous and it is. I it can't be coincidence. You know what I mean? It, it's definitely a a factor in it. But I think it could just be as simple as Bruce saying, "Look, I don't have time for this." So if if Paul thinks he's helping enough, he can take it. But you're not getting Poppy. Poppy Raw is not coming back tomorrow. You know what I mean? This they, they've invested too much and they've gotten rid of too much for it to just go back to what it was before with Triple H. So I yeah, know. yeah. Slammiversary. Yeah, let's get to this. Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, their 20th anniversary show. A very big celebration all night. Uh, a lot of uh, great video packages, a lot of kind of remembrance, a lot of matches that that kind of played to the uh, nostalgia of, of Impact and TNA history, including the main event, which was filled with it uh, throughout. I mean, ultimately, I thought it was an okay show. Um, Impact pay-per-views rarely kind of work. They don't really land with me as much as – there was a couple years ago where they did. Remember we did – we would come on every single couple of months and go, oh, my God, like Slamversary was great and Buffalo was great and all these these shows were great. We've kind of lost that in the last few years. They don't hit me on that level anymore. I thought this was an okay show. I didn't feel like I wasted my time, but I, I definitely don't think I could fully 100% recommend the show to anybody. What, what, what did you think? I feel like if you are a hardcore super fan of Impact – this was probably an extremely satisfying, fun-filled night where there was just the right amount of nostalgia and tongue-in-cheek wackiness and nods to the past 
without being derivative and being hit with the subtlety hammer. I agree. I thought they nailed everything. It was a love letter. It was a love letter to the history of yes, the company. Yes, it was. In a very good way. Yeah. And um, I, I thought they nailed it. And, you know, I am so disconnected from Impact right now, like I talked about last week in the preview, that it really didn't – everything didn't really land with me. There was a lot that I was just, like, looking at my watch, like, come on, let's – but if you were a hardcore fan of this and if you were super looking forward to this show, I don't see how you couldn't have come away with it satisfied because it really was a feel-good show where everything worked for what they were trying to accomplish and for uh, the fans that they were trying to serve. Uh, we can go. We can quickly go match by match if you quickly, want. Yeah. yeah, let's do The main event, I think, was, again, this is a match that's, again, if you're a hardcore TNA Impact fan, this match is going to land with you in the biggest way possible because these guys did all the moves of their predecessors, all the moves of past TNA champions, of past Impact champions or whatever, ultimately leading up to the crescendo of Josh Alexander hitting his move to kind of say, okay, that's the past, and now here's me. Boom, I hit my move. I pin Eric Young, a longtime Impact TNA guy, to now officially declare that I am the future. I am the president of impact wrestling. while also yeah. not in the past. It worked on that. But again, to me, I'm like, I don't know. You know, it doesn't hit me. I don't have that same nostalgia for impact yeah. TNA. Like a lot of other people do. So, you know, seeing these guys hit the styles clash, I was like, eh, I don't know. All right, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Seeing these guys hit a bunch of moves that were done by, you know, top impact guys over the, over the course of the last 20 years. That, it's all really cool. I, I, I appreciate them for telling that story. It just didn't land with me, but I could totally see how a certain segment of fans it absolutely, absolutely, absolutely landed with. And currently on Cage Match, as of you know, me putting these notes together, eight point eight five on Cage Match. I wouldn't go anywhere near that far. Uh, with that said, I think it was good, but it's just yeah, it's not going to hit me. It's not a match for me. It wasn't meant for me. It wasn't you know designed for me, but it was designed for a certain segment of fans, and I'm positive those segment of fans absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love this thing. But I don't know. I mean, it was it was it was, it was good, but I don't think it was great. No, the main event was an encapsulation of what I just described of the overall show. Satisfying if you're a fan of uh, the promotion, all the nods and all the callbacks without overdoing it. The right guy won. And, uh, you know, like you said, it solidifies Jossa Alexander as, as the guy now. Eric Young was the perfect person who, out of the available people to be, because as we always say, he's... Uh, a much bigger deal in the universe and the canon of TNA than he is anywhere else. Uh, he, he really is a main event level guy there and someone who you could put in a spot like this to represent the past. And it doesn't, you know, feel like it's a jabroni in that spot. He matters to that audience and yeah. to the fact, the history of that company. So yeah, that the, the match definitely worked. I, I didn't like it. On, I didn't like it on a notebook level either. Uh, so I guess we're going to be the ones pissing in the impact court. <laughs> yeah, it's just, but, you know, at, at a certain point, like I was like, it. all right, I get it. You're doing next moves to the guys. It's cool. I just want to have a – I would just prefer a wrestling match between the two, but I get – I understand what we're trying us. to do. It wasn't for us. And that's that's okay. Some matches aren't, you know, so that that's okay. Uh, impact knockouts, queen of the mountain match. I mean, the, the stipulation of the king of the mountain is always awful. Uh, and always kind of stupid. And again, a love letter to Impact. You go, you got to do a King of the Mountain or a Queen of the Mountain. Thing. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's never a very interesting or good match type. And that was kind of reflected in this match too. With that said, certain women in this match worked their asses off. I would say really all the women in this match worked their asses off. Chelsea Green and who was it? Who who went off the top rope? It was Chelsea Green and Perazzo, right? Well, Mia Yim did the ladder run. She did the ladder run. I think off the top of it when they when they tipped over the ladder onto the tables. I want to say that was Chelsea Green and Deanna. I apologize if I'm wrong. 
just nuts. I mean, a nuts, nuts spot. Everybody worked their asses off in this match. It's just the King of the Mountain thing. It, again, it's not for me. I just don't, I always hated that stipulation. I always thought it was dorky as hell, but you got to do it on this show. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I have no nostalgia for this uh, match stipulation and I thought this match sucked. So. Uh, this just one... a bundle of joy here. <laughs> just, the... yeah, fight. No, there was a lot of stuff I liked, though. There really I was going to say, the next match I love. VoiceTheWrestling.com says fight if you want to buy this uh, thrilling replay of the show that we're uh, doing a great job of getting you excited for. But this one was, now this one was a regular match that had all of that nostalgia, but done in a very good way and done in a very organic way to me. It was the Impact Original, Shelly, Saban, Davey Richards, Frankie Kazarian, and Nick Aldis versus Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. This was exactly what I wanted in terms of nostalgia. They did just enough nostalgia, but also played it up to be real parts of a match and real parts of a wrestling. It wasn't felt like we were just shoehorning or stuffing in nostalgia. It just kind of happened in the flow of the match where guys would face off with each other. Dixie Carter comes out. I thought 100% that she was going to introduce Ethan Carter the third. No, she introduces Davey Richards, which is canon. Remember uh, the very weird porny? Uh, I was TJP. No, no, no. She did it with Davy Richards, too. You don't remember oh, they that. Had a, they had a porn introduction. They, did, they were too. wearing, like, button-up sweaters or whatever. And she's like, I just want to give you guys Impact Wrestling. <laughs> and they're like, thank oh, you right. so much, Mrs. Carter. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're very, you got to go and watch them. They're both wearing, like, dorky sweaters or whatever. It's it's right there. I'm telling you. It's not right. quite as porny as TJP. But uh, yeah. it doesn't have the sexual tension that the TJP The TJP one was a classic MILF porn with, like, a stepson. Yeah. Like, that yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Um. But then they no, had like, yeah. you know Davy and Eddie face off. They had Bennett yes. do stuff. Yes. They had they, it was enough things dropped in. You had Earl Hebner get involved. Like you had just enough things, but it all worked in the flow of the match. So I thought this match was tremendous. I love this one. This is my match. I of the enjoyed night, this, for sure. and it was also TNA defending their honor against Ring of Honor. Yeah, and Ring of Honor during many points of TNA's history has kind of been their rival, right? Like they were kind of aligned early and sharing talent. Then TNA said you can't share our talent anymore, and then you know the ROH fans. Well, you're run, you're run by a pedophile, so we would prefer to not have our talent on your shows anymore, which was fair. Yeah, so, so there's periods of time <laughs> where the ROH fans and the TNA fans hated each other, and 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 you know, so this is a natural, and there, you know, so it all worked. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, uh, fast paced, good work. Yeah, I enjoyed all of this. Uh, I enjoyed the total package. And then uh, quickly, uh, the rest of the show here, Impact World Tag Team titles. The Good Brothers defeat the Briscoes to win the Impact this World was Tag weird. Team titles. I, thought, I really thought Good Brothers were finishing up there. I did too. Yeah, I was super, I, super surprised yeah. when they got the one, two, three here in 10 minutes. So, And then they brought out uh, 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 Harris and uh, Storm, which, and then they all drank beer together, which was a nice touch to bring no, out. Not all of them. Chris was. Uh, he didn't drink the beer. Chris Harris was. Uh, he, he went with the water. So. Oh, is he recovering or something? I uh, yeah, I wonder. They were just like, or ah, just we, everybody. I, I did like James Storm says. Well, everyone needs a driver, so he had him a bottle of water, and I was like, ah, all right, that's again, that's kind of cool. So yeah, that, that, that's. Yeah, I don't cool. know. I don't know his deal. I don't, know I don't either. Should... But yeah, it was done well. It was done tastefully and 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 well. So I appreciate that. But uh, you know, but that tag team, legendary uh, TNA tag. Team. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, you know, Chris Harris obviously out of the business, but. Um... He doesn't wrestle low level, right? He I really don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm almost positive he's he's long gone at this point. So we had just weird result. I really thought Good Brothers were on their way out and just headed back to New Japan full time or yeah. whatever the fuck. But I don't know. I don't know if I'd put my titles on a guy who, <laughs> who said, said I don't try. <laughs> yeah, but 
whatever. It is the Good Brothers. Uh, Monsters Ball. I I just we talked about it every week. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I'm I, done I, with I, guys hitting each other with shit. I don't care if this is the first time you've seen guys hit each other with shit. You probably thought it was great. I'm done with guys hitting each other with shit. I just I'm over yeah. it. I'm I'm gonna start skipping these matches because I never enjoy them. I always waste my 15, 20 minutes. I don't know what the I, I again. I'm sure it was fine. If you don't watch all the wrestling that we watch, you might think this is really good. I'm sick of guys hitting each other with shit and thumbtacks and kendo sticks and tables and chairs. I'm done with all of it. I never want it ever again. So, Sammy looking healthy uh, coming out of the uh, quarantine, huh? Yeah. He's been eating, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm saying, like, he, you know, he's got that, you know, that Joshi body, that, that, that 90s Joshi body, you know, looking, looking stout. He's <laughs> looking... He's looking statuesque, Sammy. <laughs> so it's a good wrestler build, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. He's got uh, the, you know, the, he's got, you know, like, uh, like peak bull Nakano out there. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he's, you know. So, yeah. Uh, Impact knockout tag team titles. Uh, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie defeat the influence Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood to win the Impact Knockout Stat Team title. I thought this was awful, but this I mean was, look at the names for God's sake. So yeah. No, this is this is a terrible, terrible match. It was really <laughs> irredeemably bad. Uh, yeah, you know, don't, don't waste your seven minutes. Uh I did. You don't have to. Um just move sucked. on with your life. Uh Impact uh, X Division Ultimate X match. Mike Bailey defeats Ace Austin, Alex Zane, Andrew Rabbit, Kenny King, and Trey Miguel. Uh Ultimate X. Uh, again, I I'm not that nostalgic about Ultimate X, so it's like I don't know. It was fine. It was good. I mean, Mike Bailey worked his ass off. Guys, it's just, there was a lot of really cool spots, but ultimately, I don't know. They kept it short, at least. I'll, I'll give them They that. have one of these on every show, and they're all the same, and they're fine. Yeah. You know, um, I wish they'd keep them a little more special, but that ship sailed many years oh, yeah, ago. Yeah, it's and it's not just an impact problem. It's an everybody problem. But um, I thought this was better than the Ultimate X we just saw in the previous uh impact premium live event or whatever they call these things. <laughs> I was, think they call them pay-per-views still, yeah. W- was this one like, could you order this on your cable system? Was this uh, a pay-per-view? I did not. Was... I was a fight. I guess you probably could. No, but could you is what I'm asking. I like, think so. <laughs> I don't, they've got I don't these know. fight shows. They've got shows on their streaming service, and they're like, call them pay-per-views. But are they really pay-per-views? Yeah, you're right. And, like, so I don't, I don't, I don't know I, if this was available like on cable systems. To me, that's a pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, if you're on fight, I mean, you know, fucking Game Changer does that. I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know. But those are more like, I don't know, premium live events. Premium live events. We're going with that. Yeah, they, they, we'll let WWE win that war. They didn't win the sports entertainment vocabulary war. But we'll PLE. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, reverse Battle Royal. Shark Boy gets the win. This was a match where I was like, hell yeah, Reverse Battle Royal. And then it started and I went, ah, fuck, Reverse Battle Royal. It's not that good. <laughs> No, like I didn't was, even. I'm glad it yeah. occurred. I'm glad it happened. It had to happen on the show. I'm glad they booked it. I'm glad TNA and Impact is able to laugh at themselves a little bit and do a reverse battle royal. And it was all do- and Mike Jackson and Nate Webb and, and you know Zicky Dice and it was it, there were a lot of dorks and that's fine and Shark Boy won yeah. and that's perfect or whatever. It's just like the bell rang and I was like, oh yeah, I'm not really that interested in watching this. Like I'm glad it I happened. Heard, I heard David Young was in. The- uh, yes, yeah, David Young, yeah, Crazy Steve, your guy, Crazy. Steve. Steve, who's oh, like, legally yeah. blind or whatever and still wrestling. How did David Young look? Uh, uh, David Young, uh, I don't know. How would you expect David Young to look? I, I don't know. He was always a little portly. but like, <laughs> uh, I don't – yeah, I don't know if he was, like, aggressively – I'm just curious because he hasn't wrestled in a long time. Yeah. Um, 
looking old. I mean, how's yeah, he look? No, he looks about the same. I even a little, little chubbier, I'd say. A little chubbier. All right. Um, young, yeah. <laughs> but, like, again, I'm glad this match happened. I'm glad it happened. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I skipped it. But the <laughs> you're glad is, that you're, you're just like knowing it happens. So. I like I do because I think I didn't see this one, so I can't comment. But the rest of the TNA signature gimmick matches were all perfectly competent examples of the TNA signature gimmick matches, yeah. and they and that's what their fans wanted on this show. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention the very nice Don West Mike Tenay tribute. Oh, that, incredible video! Great video yeah. by them. That fuckface Phillips and um, and uh, drama fucking, king Matt, yeah, drama king, drama Matt, king yeah. Matt did, uh, you know, to to pay uh, homage to uh, to to the uh, to the original and, and and best TNA broadcast crew, and they plugged Don West's GoFundMe and all that, so yep. uh, that was very nice. I wonder why Mike Tenay didn't. I'm sure he was invited. I'm I sure he was. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the current state. He just don't want anything to do with wrestling. Nah, he's ready to be done. Like, yeah, he's ready to yeah. just kind of. He's still probably. You know, we know that he still watches it and he still follows without it, but question. Yeah, he just doesn't but, care to be involved in the day to day and doesn't want to be a public face of it. Which all right, it's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. Swan was right to do that. Uh, I did not see the Impact Digital Media Championship. Rich Swan defeating Brian Myers. I did not see that. So. I didn't watch the pre-show, so I didn't see any of that. But um, yeah. And that is it for this flagship. Again, a little bit abbreviated episode. I'm sorry we only went an hour and a half, but uh, it'll be all worth it in the end because I gotta go to sleep. I gotta drive to South Carolina. But you are getting an overrun. Uh, that should be uh, Joe should be done with that, and I don't know. Right about exactly 10 p.m. <laughs> Central Standard Time, I would say. Right, Joe? Yes. Do you think you'll have 90 minutes done by 10 p.m. Central I'm, Standard Time at flagshippatreon.com. Gonna get right to work when you hang up on me here. Right, and, I'm gonna and, hang up. You're gonna yeah, hit record right away, and then we're gonna yes. post it, and it'll post exactly at the top of the hour at 10 p.m. Central Standard uh, yes. Time. Yes, and I'm gonna discuss your 90 minutes of audio, <laughs> yes. the New Japan Road Tour, and then the G1 blocks in detail, and then the uh, the the All Japan Show, and then Triple uh, A Triple Mania uh, in that order is what I plan to do immediately. When, <laughs> immediately when after this, this, but. Uh, that will be up at flagshippatreon.com, $5 tier for the overrun. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, obviously, I'll be up on the free feed as normal as well. Uh, but last but not least, uh, don't forget Instant Reaction Live this Sunday. Joe, me, Iron Mike Spears, Spears Ovation, the new newsletter, formerly of Everything Elite, currently of Open the Voice Gate. I'll be live in the Spears estate doing Instant Reaction Live, so we'll cover that. That will be our only time of us reviewing Forbidden Door. So that is it. We are not going to review Forbidden Door on next week's show. If you want our review of Forbidden Door, that is the way to listen to it. We will do reviews of every single match, recaps, ratings, thoughts, amusing anecdotes, all kind of crazy stuff because we always spend way longer on these Instant Reactions than we need to. Uh, So that will be a very full, very fun, very packed show as well on Sunday. So that is going to be available on the $10 tier also at FlagshipPatreon.com. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling or VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. So that is it for us on the flagship. For Joe, I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.